And welcome back into the Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Live golf, baby. It is back. PGA Tour, full swing. Just start the show. Little kudos to the PGA Tour. Congratulations. Job well done to the Tour Colonial. Uh, Charles Schwab, everybody involved, you got it to the finish line, and it looks smooth. Best players in the world, of course, in the field. The top five were there, 16 of the top 20, and uh, we were all treated to some live action. And I got to tell you, it felt good to sit there and watch some meaningful sports. The ball was in the air, and uh, Daniel Berger, you know, not surprised if you watched the matchup last week. He was in my fantasy lineup. And the guy is just playing terrific golf. Got his third win. His third win on the PGA Tour. And all three of them, listen to this, have come the second week of June. All three of them. He won the FedEx St. June Classic back in 2016 on June 12th. Won the FedEx St. June Classic again on in 2017 on June 11th. And here he is on June wow. 2020. This guy is the greatest player of all time. The second week of June, the champion. I think this one the most meaningful because of the field. Who was there? The history, the hawk. That's where he played golf, Ben Hogan at Colonial. And Daniel Berger wins in a playoff over Colin Morikawa. We're going to get to all of that and joining me here on the Stripe Show to break it down. Froggy, you're back. How you doing, my man? Doing really well. Once again, it was great to have live golf. Once again, golf that was meaningful. Not that I didn't enjoy the uh, tailor-made uh, driving one with uh, Ricky and, and Rory and Dustin and Matt Wolf, And I really enjoyed the match with Peyton and, and Brady and Phil and Tiger. However, it was great to have a real tournament on to watch it for four days and watch these guys. Uh, some of them showed signs of rust and other ones looked like they had really been working during the quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, some rust was there for sure. I think some fatigue as well down the stretch on Sunday. I think we saw some guys get a little tired, including Bryson. I know he's got 30 pounds. He was out there bombing it. 40. But I thought he, you know, he was he was wearing down a little bit there down the stretch. So a little fatigue as well. And, uh, and, and I want to welcome in to the Stripe Show this week a new guest, a friend of mine. He's a master of many things. He's going to talk about golf. He's going to talk about how you can play more golf. Jim McCarthy, welcome in. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome, bud. Like uh, Froggy said, it was great to see the live players out there. I tell you what I like. You know, when you go see your buddies or somebody you haven't seen in a while, and uh, they look different, right? You haven't seen, you know, and all of a sudden you look up and you got uh, – you got DeChambeau looks like a, a nose guard and you got Woodland looks like a damn flanker. Now, I don't know what happened to him. He would look like a strong safety when I saw him last year at uh, out in Vegas. Um, but I thought that was kind of a cool thing to see the different looks and stuff out of the different players and obviously see the competition. It was top notch. Yeah. Patrick Reed looked thinner. Um, Gary Woodland just took his 25, 30, gave it to Bryson. I mean, we've went from like this, I remember when I got into the business, right? Like you, you can't lift weights. Um, you can't swim, right? That was bad for your golf swing. Don't play baseball either. And now it's like, you know, play other sports. Um, and then Tiger came along. Let's lift some weights, right? And then basketball was cool. Here's DJ Woodland could drop step dunk at Kansas. Fina was a good basketball player. Now we just went ahead and moved to the nose guard pretty soon. I'm going to predict in two years, golfers might look like WWF wrestlers. Froggy, I mean... <laughs> We're, we're, we're seeing the change. We're, we're seeing we're seeing the game change. I mean, right before our eyes right now. We are in the power era and good grief. Bryson DeChambeau brought his uh, brought his shakes to to uh, to Texas and off he went. 
Yeah, you know, back in the day, Tiger kind of was the first one to turn this into where we thought golfers were athletes. He put on uh, some weight and started hitting the ball long ways. But then there was almost a time where Tiger went too far. He looked like an NFL linebacker. He looked like Brian Erlacher and maybe lost some speed. Uh, and, you know, it goes through all the Navy SEAL training and everything he did. And that's, you know, that's all, a lot of that is up for debate. But it's not now. Roy McIlroy, I believe, is somebody who has found the happy medium where he's able to, he's put on the weight and he's put on, and when I say weight, I mean muscle weight. He's put on the muscle, but yet still able to have speed. Uh, Bryson looks like a lumberjack, but he still showed touch from 100 yards and in this week. So, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think the sport is absolutely turning into more of an athletic motion uh, than what we saw a long time ago. But I, but I do think you can go too far. I don't know where that line is. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna. it's going to be hard for him to keep that weight, you know, once he continues to play. And I want to see a play out and see how it goes. Um, you put that much weight on your body. I mean, what a risk, first and foremost. I, I just Can his frame you know, handle that kind of weight? Yeah, I mean, yeah, can his frame handle that kind of weight? But just even hitting a golf ball, I mean, what a risk it is to do that. And then change your swing. He's made some technical swing changes, which we're going to get into in some breakdown stuff this week on the PGA tour platforms. I mean, he's really done a lot of work um, changing his swing to go faster. You'll notice how fast he takes a club back. You know, you can, and with his technique and his skill, you can hit it harder with that quicker type of backswing, but it's paying off. I mean, boy, he looked dominant. It's weird to see him hit it 25 past the likes of Rose and DJ, um, you know, and I don't know if he was quite that far past Rory, but he was certainly um, the longest one there. And, um, you know, I think Brooks looked healthy. You know, he looked a little bit heavy. He'll probably play himself back into shape here as they, as they get into the season. But what a feel. I mean, it was, uh, it, was, it was fun to watch live golf, but then to have that kind of field there. And then you have, I would say, kind of an unlikely winner in Daniel Berger. Although, if you follow the tour closely like we do, I mean, this is a guy that was playing terrific golf. I mean, if anybody was disappointed to see – COVID-19 hit and go for a three-month absent with D Daniel Berger. I mean, he had nine events coming into that, six top 25, three top 10s, and now they come back and he gets a win, his third win on the PGA Tour. And I know you're, you're stoked, Froggy. He is a seminal. He played at Florida State. Oh, yeah, I can't. So, yeah, as you can see, that gator over my head, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny when you say that. When you go back and you look at day one of the players, you remember they played one round and – uh Hideki Matsuyama shot nine under, but when you go back and look, tied for seventh was Daniel Berger. Also tied for seventh, Colin Morikawa. So two guys that were playing yeah. well at the players were the two guys in the playoff yesterday uh, at, in, you know, in Dallas and Fort Worth. So, Jim, when you, watch, when you watch Daniel Berger, right, and you watch this golf swing, and he takes it back unorthodox, gets the club really laid off, Way late of off the swing, and then brings it down, and it just like it just looks weird, right? To the like, I get a lot of like that looks weird. That doesn't look like a PGA Tour player swing. It's a very unique swing. What do you think, Jim? When you watch a player like that, it's a little surprising to see, especially as I think the tour. A lot of the guys out there, and I think the guys that are coming up through the mini tours, they look a lot of them. They all they're all doing a lot of the same stuff. So I, I kind of like that yeah. little different look, and I sometimes wonder. Um, yep. with some of the stuff that's going on with these guys being so robotic, if they're not focused enough on flexibility and if that's not producing some of the injuries. I know Daniel did have the wrist problems in 18 and 19 in between his June 11th week wins, which is remarkable. That went three times in the same week on tour is crazy. Um, 
But I think it's cool. And I think he's got, I like his attitude, man. You know, he throws a dip in, he's out there. I mean, he just kind of, you know, he just, he seems like a good dude. Um, We've seen him out there a couple of times when we've been out there on the tour and he, yeah, I like the guy. I like, and I don't mind the fact that he's not robotic and his club's in a different spot. That's a good point. You know, I, I think in today's game, like you, you do see a lot of cookie cutter action. If you cruise around on social media, pretty much everything looks the same. I mean, the face is square. The lead wrist is, you know, a little flat at the top. Club looks good. Change in knee flex, shallowed out, rotate. I mean, this is, you know, this is the modern language that we live in. And then you look at Berger get out there and he's got this super strong, crazy left hand. He rotates it. The shaft's damn near horizontal at the top, but he doesn't steepen it. He kind of keeps it there and then he rotates and delivers it. It's like, that'd be a tough method to teach, but that's a good point, Jim. I think he, he does have a lot of personality in his swing and he is an approachable guy. And you know, I think he's really grown up a lot off the tee. His interviews, it's pretty polished right now. I mean, he, he really looks like he's kind of coming into his own. We, we say this about Rory, but I think you got to say the same thing about Daniel Berger. I mean, you, let me, let me just read these stats off. I mean, these stats are remarkable. Um, strokes in off the tee is 41st approach 60th, not too shabby, right? From, uh, from tee to green around the green, he's 67 putting. He's 26. I mean, like these are really stellar statistics. They were like this going into the tournament. He's made huge improvements from last year. He works with Jeff Leishman, uh, Mark Leishman's brother, um, who isn't a real technical teacher and has done a nice job with them. Uh, I think we're kind of seeing a late bloomer here in Daniel Berger. I, I, I tweeted out early on Sunday, he's going he's gonna to win on the PGA Tour. His statistics are too good. He's too mature. He knows his game. This is three. I know it's easy to say, oh, he's, you know, every guy that wins is going to win more. But I just, you don't have these kind of strength. There's no weaknesses here in this game. He's long enough. You know, he's going he's gonna to win some more. You, you agree with that, Froggy? Yeah, I do believe he will. Now, you know, my, my, my thing is when you get into the guys like that aren't orthodox, yeah. So somebody like a Matt Wolf, where he takes it up, lays it way off and brings it down. Or somebody like Daniel Berger, where he, you know, lays it way off and then has a big arm drop. His, arm, his arms drop significantly before he starts to unwind. How often can they, like, how much timing is involved in that? And that's, that's something I would ask you as, as a teacher. How much timing is involved in that? And is that why sometimes you're going to see weeks where they play really well and then they have weeks where they're off? You know, I, I don't I don't look at his as a as a bad thing in timing. Um, I, I think where I look at Berger, that's going to be a problem is how hard he hits down on it. He has wrist issues. His attacking was steep. I mean, he that that dude is thumping the ground hard. So you know, I I don't know if that's something he's working on with Jeff to try to shallow that out. I think for me, when I look at his swing, it's not so much the unorthodox of the move. It's more the steepness of the attack angle and the effect that that's going to have on his wrist and his body long-term. So yeah, cause uh, he's had a wrist injury in the past. So he definitely does have a history of injuries yeah, with the wrist, a, which is probably due to hitting down. So, you know, who, uh, I mean, who, 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 who leads the tour in uh, rounds, consecutive rounds par better. Yeah. Who? Daniel, not Rory, not Rose, not Rom. They get current active leader at 28 rounds under par or better is Daniel, the winner this weekend. Wow. What's your streak at right now, Jim? Uh, mine is around negative 271. <laughs> it's been a long time since I shot 71. We should play golf together because <laughs> mine is about the same. Yeah. <laughs> that That's an impressive stat right there. Yeah. I mean, that's some consistency and some t- 
and some difficult golf course. I mean, I think he played, I'm pretty sure he was at the Honda, um, you know, at, he was at Arnold Palmer. No, he wasn't at those. But anyway, regardless, that's it. That's an incredible, um, run of golf. And, um, you know, you gotta like him this week as they move ahead, uh, into Hilton head, similar course, going to be a little bit more tree line strategic. These bombers aren't going to be able to cut the corners quite as much. Um, but he's going to have a lot of responsibility. I want to ask you this, Jim, these players were asked to be mic'd up. I don't think many said yes. Rumor has that only one said yes. That was Ricky Fowler who, who struggled, um, missing the cut fun to listen to that. What, what kind of stuff do you want to hear, Jim? Like when you're what these players are mic'd, right. And I, and I think more are going to do it. What do you want to hear from Ricky? What do you want to hear from Berger as these guys are playing? I mean, I think this is a huge opportunity for golf. I, I feel for the players a little bit trying to, you know, when you get those things on, you wore them, I'm wearing, you wear them all the time. I'm wearing them. It, it's, it's not the most comfortable thing. It can be distracting. I can see um, forgetting about the banter piece, but just the logistics of having that thing, you know, we can send a man to the moon 50 years ago. We can't come up with a way for a guy to be able to talk while he plays golf and have us listen to it. So it, <laughs> there's gotta be an option there from a technology standpoint to make it better for the player less distracting because for the fans, I mean, the viewer is going to eat that up. I think it's a huge opportunity for the tour to bring sort of a realness, kind of like you saw in the, uh, the Tiger Phil, Peyton, Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady and, and Peyton stock and even Tiger to some respect and Phil, I think went way up with that because it brought such a authentic um, realness to those guys while they're cutting up out there. I mean, I think as far as what I'd like to see, I'd like to see more of it. Mike them more up and let them. We don't know what the heck they're saying. Some of them are so laid back. When I've walked with some of them before, they talk about anything. And some of them are really dialed in and they're sort of focused. They don't talk yeah. too much. And, you know, some are more about the game. Some are more about just, you know, staying sort of laid back, you know, kind of keeping a real level, uh, even feel as they move through the round, even joking around a bit. I'll yeah. take it all, though, man. I well, think we had, need more of it. CBS had the camera there between nine green and ten T. Frog, you saw them walk. Yeah. No, I agree. I, lo I love it, too. And Ricky, I think, is someone that probably could warm up to that a little bit and, you know, show some show me some of his kind of dry personality at times. And yeah, some the, of the thing is, though, puts out there. What, what do you think, Frog, you have that? And then also, I think we have to be careful. I think we have to be careful in thinking that, like, for example, I loved the, the, the mic'd up interaction between Phil. Like, Phil was awesome in, in, in the match and explaining shots and this, that, and the other and doing a little bit of talking and some jabbing uh, with Brady and with Phil and with, and, I mean, with, with Brady and with uh, uh, Peyton and with Tiger. However, I think in a match that counts, when, when it gets down to it and you get down to, to the, you know, the 68, 69, 70, 71, 70 second hole, I don't think you're going to get the banter that you were getting there in that match when those guys were having fun. So as a consumer, I think it would be great to have it all be like that. But I think being a realist that you're not going to see when the chips are on the table and they're ready to get, and, and they need to get down and play. I don't think you're going to get the banter that we want as fans. I could be wrong, but I think there's certain players that will give you a little more than others. Um, I was surprised when they asked Justin Thomas, would you wear a mic? He said, absolutely not. I would not want anything that we are talking about uh, to be on television. And I wouldn't want to be thinking about that rather than thinking about the game. And so I think that takes away from it. Yeah. I think that's valid. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get the banner down the stretch, but I, I like no. the conversation of the decision-making, you know, 
And Mike the Caddies, like for example, yeah. to me, Mike the Caddies, he's like because like I. And once again, I know that I'm I'm not the normal guy, but I, I absolutely love to me listening to Bones and Phil go over a shot when Bones was on his bag to hear them talk about, you know, if it does this or if it does that. And this is how many steps and this is that. just to listen to the two of them go back and forth. That was good. So yeah. it's good enough to me if you just mic the caddy and I can just listen to the interaction between the two of them. <laughs> yeah, a couple of F-bombs put out there. Uh, oh, yeah, I heard Brooks. Yeah, out. Brooks dropped one when Rom made a chip in. Yeah, it was nice. Um. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that transpires. I love just the quick 15, 20 seconds player caddy, you know, let us inside, make the decision, why they're making the decision, then off they go. Some general reactions, cool. The banter, you know, that's going to that's going to kind of come and go. I, I think the, the camera from in between 9 green and 10 tees, an interesting idea. Um, you know, I don't know how creative most of these guys are going to be. There's going to be a few, you know, kind of cute and fun takes probably from a few of them. I thought Ian Poulter did a good job. But yeah. for the most part, these guys are in their element, um, you know, to ask them as they walk by to, you know, to, to be interesting and entertaining could be a tough ask. But it'll, 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 it'll be interesting to see what transpires. Back to, to Burger Street, Jim, as you mentioned, he did play the Honda. Um, which played brutally tough, 69-70, 69-69. He did not play API, which played really tough. So I was thinking if you would have played both of those and had that streak, good grief. Um, but nonetheless, how about these last four finishes? T9, T5, T4, and a first. Daniel Berger could be the hottest player in the world right now. Bryson DeChambeau, he finished T3rd. Um, of course, Morikawa was right there. He lost in a playoff how about this bryson 340 yards average uh off the t strokes game of course he was first just blitzed the field um his iron game's good stroke game 15th around the greens i think it's where you know bryson gets a little hairy from time to time around the greens his putting can be um a little inconsistent although bryson i will say in his defense he's a much better putter on bermudas than he is bent so that was a pretty good run for him on bent greens down there um, where he's going back to Bermuda this week. Um, I, she's, I, you know, Bryson's, I think, going to be right there as well. So let's take a break here for a second. Uh, we're going to switch gears. A full weekend of golf ahead of us. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big cash prizes don't have to be. To add to the excitement, DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers, stand to the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday, and then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Download the DraftKings app now and use code TRAVIS during sign-up this week. DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes. That's code TRAVIS and you get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes only at DraftKings. And uh, Jim, I want to bring in uh, a little more of your skill set here. Um, you have a way of, well, you have friends first and foremost all over the world that you know, kind of rely on you to help them navigate many things. One of them, uh, really best practices when approaching their significant other on playing more golf. This is a topic that I get a lot in my DMs. Hey, could you do something like this to help us out to play more golf? And I was like, you know, stay tuned. Matter of fact, I have some people that can help us with that. So we're going to count down the top five best practices uh, when approaching your significant other 
to play more golf this summer because we care Damn. about your address. Time for me to take notes. So number five, Jim McCarthy, take it away. Number five, uh, you know, we're all getting back to playing more golf all around the country. We've been lucky to play a little bit more uh, down in Florida. But now that everybody's out there, it's to tours back on TV. It's going to get the juices flowing. You're going to want to get out there. The first thing you got to think about when you're talking to your significant other is you got to make it a win-win. It's got to be a win-win, right? Figure out maybe something for her, maybe she would like, right? And work that in there. Maybe a Maybe it's a plan with her friends that'll that'll occupy her, you know, and, and she's not really paying close attention to the time and how long you're gone or whatever. Maybe something, uh, maybe something, I don't know, maybe imaginally something shows up at the house, something that she's wanted for, you know, a long time. It happens to show up the week before, before you even ask. Things are great. New things showed up, you know, whatever it may be. And then you throw the ask in there and uh, maybe even surprise her and send her uh Send her to see your family, you know, and yeah. seeing the family while Sarah, because then you can get, you kind of work in multiple rounds there. What? Well, I think, and Froggy, I want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, there's a few things that stand out for me. One is you're, you have to be careful that that doesn't come across as bribery, right? So you have to be tuned in to what it is that she likes and that she right. wants to do, right? So like, it has to come across authentic. And, it, and then I think the timing of that has to be important. So it can't be just like, hey, here's what I was thinking. I'd love to set you up with some of your friends that, you know, a weekend getaway. Um, is that? And then, oh, by the way, can I play golf tomorrow morning? So you have to like, you know. You <laughs> that would be my delivery. <laughs> you have to be respectful. The timing of that. Key. It, yeah, is key. And I think the authenticity of that um, is key. But I love the win-win. If it's a win-win, there's no losers. Froggy, is that? How do you oh, I agree 100. It? It's it, it is. It's all in the delivery. It, you, you just have yeah. to make sure that you uh, that you don't make it seem like you're only doing X because you're trying to get to Z. So you have to. It's a big. It, you really have to work on your delivery as much as you do the plan. Practice, practice like golf. You have to practice yep. in the shower um, when you're driving right. to work. You know the right. delivery of that, and then anticipate what she's going to say, and then be ready. I have an answer. To have an answer. That's right. Okay. I like that. Win-win. So that's check. I'm, 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 I'm on board on that. What's number four, Jim? Number four, I would say uh, I, I've got this slotted at four. I think it's appropriate is kind of the reverse psychology move, right? You do the old, uh, honey, you know, uh, Trav called and, 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 and froggy called and they're putting together a game on, on, uh, Saturday. And, uh, I told him I probably wouldn't be able to do it. I've done that before. Oh my and I God. tell you, this this is what I like about this is this is like high level professional selling, right? The old negative reversal, you put it on them. And <laughs> and as as humans, right, it's human nature. When someone pushes something away, you sort of push it back like a pendulum, right? So you say, Well, I probably wouldn't be able to. And it's a little risky because you could throw that out there. I probably I probably wouldn't be able to do that. And she'd be like, Yeah, you're damn right you can't do it. Right. right. So it's a little risky, but again, going back to what Froggy said, style, right? That, that yeah. style is key. That yeah. delivery is key. And, and, and timing. Absolutely. Timing. You have to have the perfect timing. You got to know when to ask. Don't ask, ask yeah. when things are going really well. Don't ask when there's sure. a stressful sure. moment or the kids have upset. Like you, you have to know the timing For sure. Absolutely. You know, I love the reverse psychology approach. I've used it many times. It's 50. It is risky. I've been shot, man. It can blow up in your face so fast. I, you know, I like, I like there's, there's ways to get into reverse psychology though, too. Like, you know, 
Jim, I think we've actually tried this before where, you know, maybe you would have so-and-so, you know, text my wife, right? Or, um, you know, hey, what, what, what's, what's Trav doing this weekend? You know, so your wife reaches out to my wife and that kind of gets it going a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's helpful. You know, you know that that happened and then you can kind of just kind of dig in and let that flower bloom a little bit. And just kind of, you know, entered along with, you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think I was going to be able to play this weekend because we, well, why not? You know, that's what you're hoping for. So why not? You should play, you know, that's kind of where you want. Right. To go. So there's ways to get into that. And I, and I encourage people to write, you know, as you're listening to this, write your ideas down because you'll forget them. And there's no bad answers. There's nothing wrong here. You're going to fail when you do this, but you know what? <laughs> You're gonna win too, and yeah, don't be a quitter. If you, if you fail at Keep first, you try again. Yeah, <laughs> every time you win, you play more golf, right? So I like that. Win wins number is number five. A little reverse psychology approach. Number four. Stay tuned to the top three as we uh, as we continue along here. Back to uh, back to Texas. Um, you know these guys, professional golfers. They, you know, they don't have to explain themselves. This is their job. Right. So they just look at their significant other and say, hey, I, need God, to I wish I could work. look at my wife and go, I got to go to work. I'm going to go play golf. Yeah. I got to go to work. Um, you know, you look at Sunday at Colonial and I think there was some fatigue on Sunday. I really do. Um, I think we saw some rust, but, you know, the golf wasn't great on Sunday. The lowest round, Koprak, he came from way back. I think he shot 64. Nice. Highest round, Duffner had 70. Eight. We saw Rory go out and shoot 41 on the front. Oh. He, he, he darn near hit it on the hosel, the second shot on one. You know, Bryson was a little up and down. Spieth was a little up and down. JT looked tired on Sunday. Um, so, it, you know, like we weren't like running home to this fantastic great golf finish. But one of the guys that, you know, was a little up and down on Sunday, continues to struggle on Sunday, was Jordan Spieth. And I got to tell you, like I've been, I've been thinking about this all morning Jordan Spieth where, where do I stand with Jordan Spieth because last week I went on there and I said look this is the perfect restart for Jordan Spieth he's got three more months to work on his swing he's he's going to come back at a place that he feels comfortable he's won there right. he's twice second and no fans I think that plays in his advantage no you know there's not that really increased expectation level of all these people around so he finishes t10 he goes 65 65 Thursday Friday looks great right 68 on Saturday nice round 71 on Sunday, hits a hits it out of bounds when he gets in contention. He three putts from three feet. He's still in the negative strokes game approach. His putting is off the chart. The guy puts to the ocean. It's crazy. I don't know. I mean, I, I convince myself, great step. And then I come back and I'm like, I just don't know, Froggy. Like, I'm just no. in between with Jordan Spieth. And I'm going to be honest with you. And, and if it makes me a bad guy, it makes me a bad guy. But I like to watch it. It's, oh. I mean, when I, when I saw him yesterday get in contention, I was watching, I said, he's going to hit one out of bounds and sure enough on the next tee box, he blows it right of right. I saw a hilarious meme yesterday and it said things guaranteed to fall apart. And it was like four pictures. The top one was cornbread. The next one was a granola bar. The next one was a burrito, and the fourth one was Jordan Speed. Oh, I'm like, dude, this is so wrong, but yet, yeah, so and and it is. It's it's unbelievable. It's so hard to believe that there was a time that he was the most consistent player on the planet. Yeah. But also, it it also always takes me back to 
there was a time that Jordan was the most consistent player. There was a time that, that Rory was. There was a time that Brooks was. And all of these guys that put it together and you feel like they can't miss, it's a very short window. And that window closes. And it takes them a while to get back. Let's not, I mean, let's be honest. Rory is struggling a little bit. I know he had a great year last year. He won the players. But he, but he hasn't won a major last year. Uh, Brooks has not played great as of late and it really goes back and just shows you how amazing of a run Tiger had when he had that run where he went for years and years and expected to win. And anytime he teed it up, hell other pros would tell us we just playing for second place. It's unbelievable how hard it is and how fast that window closes. And it's obviously closed on Jordan. I think he'll get it open again at some point. But you can see it's a lot harder than it looks because they make it look so easy when it's open. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's won 11 times. He's a three-time major champion. We're pushing three years now, um, you know, since he, he won. I, I think, gosh, it, it feels more like a positive than a negative. I think his swing, he drove the ball very well at times and long, 314. And the ball just seemed like it was really going, carrying a little bit longer, more than normal. And uh there at uh at colonial um travis but, who wins next phil mickelson or jordan speed I, mean, I think it's jordan speed i think i think phil mickelson's way more erratic than jordan speed um phil mickelson has no idea where the ball's going off the tee zero no um and i think jordan speed has a little bit more of an idea he, he didn't hit the hard left the ball he hit out of balance was right um and you know, look, it's been a long grind back. He finished T10. I'm going to go on the positive. But how do you feel, Jim? You watch Jordan play. I mean, are you – are you? because it's almost like, in my mind, it's almost like we're kind of getting into this love-hate with Jordan. Like, we love him because he's great for the tour. He seems like a good guy. But then a lot of people don't like him because he, you know, he kind of whines a little bit on, on the golf course. What, what do you say? Well, I, you know, listening to everything – Watching over the weekend, um, I, I kind of like what Froggy said and what you said when we started. I, I don't know, I don't know how I feel because I used to love watching the guy, and then it got sort of overcooked all the time. He just was the all of the talking and everything, and and how he handled himself. But this guy went from this nineteen-year-old phenom that had so much great energy and got such a quick following, and, and obviously. Like Froggy said, I mean, the guy was on fire. I mean, it, he made, he he had a run there with all of his majors and everything else where he it looked like, okay, we got another guy coming. Right. Now, I started to feel like I think he's more focused. He's not talking as much. Maybe he's got a little more command, you know, on the on the first part of the Colonial. And uh, obviously, like you said, he putted in from anywhere. I mean, he, he was first in strokes gained putting this week. Um yeah, close. But he, you know, strokes gained uh, approaches. He was 95th and around the greens, he was 68th. So, uh, you know, and then he started, I felt like as he was playing not as well, he talked more. And it was more of sort of his drama stuff that I think he's bringing yeah. into his little game. Absolutely. And so I was kind of like excited to say, you know, I think he's made some changes. I think that this time off was good for him. And he's, you know, maybe he's back. Uh, and then I was a little disappointed and, and kind of bummed to see the not playing as well than the kind of that emotional talking thing, you know, coming out of it. It almost felt like this guy was beyond his years mature. And then he just went backwards, uh, you know, in his career from that standpoint of managing it. So I'm anxious to see what happens. I, I think I agree with you. 
when then saying this was a, a step positive forward. You remember for a little while there, he, he got pretty funky sideways with his putting. Yeah. Yeah. And now yeah. he's just pouring it in. I mean, yeah. His except putt. for the three putt from 20, from what, three feet. He missed yeah. a 23 inch putt. I mean, yeah. my, my issue is, is the attitude. Like, if you look at Xander Shoffley, for example, so Xander drives it in the bunker on 14, I believe it was. And no, on 15. He drives it in the bunker on 15, hits it in the water. Excuse me, on 14. Hits it in the water, has to get up and down. Makes a, almost a 40-footer for bogey on 14. Gets to 15, has to make birdie again. Rolls in a 30-some footer uh, there and then gets back tied for the lead. Yeah. Hits it on the green on 17, has about 15, 18 feet for par, I mean, for, for birdie, misses it, rolls it by the cup three feet, has a power lip out on 17, which essentially cost him a spot in the playoff because on the next hole he made par, he, he missed that putt very short. But the way he handled it from the shot that went in the water to the bogey that he made, the birdie that he made, and, the, and then the bogey, the, the lip out that he had. I just think the way Xander handled it is the way a professional is supposed to handle it. And I don't think that Jordan would have handled it that way. Yeah, I think it's it's a fair point, and um, it you know it it rubs me a little the wrong way. He's a competitor. He's he's pretty emotional. Um, Michael Greller shoulders a lot, I'm sure, his caddy. Um, things came pretty easy to Jordan, you know, when he got out on tour, and he just went. You know, he was clicking on all cylinders. He's winning the tournaments that he he should have won, and then he probably picked up one or two that kind of fell his way, right? And which included three major championships, and then you know I think he went after a little distance. And as he went after that, you know, he kind of lost his swing and then he lost his putter. And that's the double whammy, right? I mean, you can't lose your weapon. So he's had right. a back, back. His putting is back. I mean, he is. I, I, I tweeted out on Friday. I was I was following him on the app after, I think, 18 holes after the first six on Friday. So 18 total holes. He made like 160 feet of putt. I mean, it's like, yeah. like, who does that? I mean, it's just it's just crazy who how many putts he makes. And. So he's rolling there. Um, like I said, some good ball striking at times. I think he's got to chalk it up as, as a win. But it just feels like now where two years ago it felt more technique-oriented. That was the issue. And then some emotional. Now it feels like it's more like Jordan now. It's more emotional. Continue to come along with, with the technique. And just get out of your own way. Chill out a little bit. And let the chips fall where they might. And, and I think as he kind of probably continues to go that way. I think he's going to win before Phil Mickelson wins. I don't know if Jordan Spieth wins. I still think he has a ways to go. Strokes in approach still is not up to par yet. Um, he still doesn't look good enough down the stretch yet. He looks still shaky over some of these short putts, but he's going the right way. That That's my final answer. I'm leaving at that next week. We'll probably be talking about it again because he shoots 64, 74, 6381 who knows right i mean you could you could you, you could convince me of anything right now yeah well he publicly said what a couple of years ago that he spent a year working on the wrong thing i mean to spend a year yeah of your time working yeah. on the wrong technique now you've got to undo that and then work on what you were supposed to work on so yeah. there there's been a lot going on with jordan speed that does not make sense but hopefully we are headed back in the right direction i'm going to give you a couple names give him a grade First guy had the lead after Thursday, Friday, Harold Varner, the third. Um, and then he struggled once again on the weekend and particularly on Sunday. What do you think? Harold Varner, the third. Froggy, what kind of grade would you give him? I'm going to give him a B. 
Yeah. He played very well. Uh, I'm sure there was extra pressure there. Um, they brought it up every time they ever showed him on television, and every time they had an interview with him, they brought it up. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there was a lot of pressure there. Yeah. However, that isn't the first time we've seen Harold in contention. If you remember, he was in the final group at the PGA. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we've seen from from Harold. I do think Harold will win um, on the PGA Tour. I think he'll win more than once. But, you know, I give him a B. I think that's exactly who he is. And it, it's hard to win on the PGA Tour. Like, it's not easy. I don't care whether there's fans or no fans. It is difficult to win. There's a lot of other good players, a lot of highly ranked world players uh, that were in this field. So it's not like it was a cupcake event. Um, I think he played great. You know, Tita Green is great. He really is. I mean, he has, of course, with Scott Hamilton, and he's done some good things. Um the guy made a triple on the second day, the yeah. first hole on 10, yeah. and then battled all the way back to shoot under par. I mean, it says a lot about his resiliency. So, I mean, he he will get it together. He he is a hell of a player. Yeah, he is a hell of a player. He's a great ball striker. He really is top-shelf striker, tee to green. Right now, he's uh, he's 17th on tour. I mean, he, he, can really, he can really get it there. Um, his putting is just – I love his putting stroke, too. And – He's, it's so inconsistent. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he led the field Thursday through Friday, and then he just fell off the earth right. Saturday, Sunday. There's just, just doesn't seem like there's much middle ground sometimes with him um, with the flat stick. But if he, if when he has a good putting week, you're going to see his name up there because he is such a good striker of the ball. Um, I was a little surprised. I, I, I was expecting a little bit more from him on the weekend, especially the way he putted leading the field Thursday, Friday. Um, I, I thought he would have been contending there late on Sunday. So hopefully he can, he can continue the good play. Um, this Colin Morikawa, Jim, you look at this young man from Cal, you, uh, what do you think? Are you, you impressed with this, this young guy or what, is there someone else that's sticking out in your mind from this next generation of players? Guy, I think he's a total package, man. I think he is legit. I was shocked. He missed that putt. Um, I, I mean, he doesn't really, um, he didn't really have a weak spot. Uh, and, uh, you know, interesting that, you, that uh, tweet you put out at one point over the weekend uh, before the final round saying if he rolls a few in, he's going to win. And it came right down to that uh, on the very last hole there. Um, I, I think he is really good. And I think in the last year, comfortable, I think, is probably a wrong word. But what I'm trying to get at is he's – at home out there now he feels good about it he's he's comfortable i guess maybe that i can't find a better word to use it, you know going from week to week and dealing with the different courses and the different fields and the you know all the things these guys have to deal with besides just teeing it up right i mean people most people out there don't know what these guys go through with the the commitments they have um you know leading up to an event how much time of their own they do not have and i think he's matured quickly and i i think he's about to have a, a big time run well he, he he's an exceptional striker like harold um his putting will leave him from time to time that probably is, is his opportunity as he learns these golf courses and these green complexes on tour but man he's he is the total package he, he's mature beyond his years um off the course and you know i think he's he's a he's definitely a notch i think above hovland um i think he's a notch above wolf Sunjay M, I would put right there with him. Um, Sunjay is a very complete player. Um, I think as far as the youth 
to me, Sunjay M. Froggy and, and Colin Moore at Power are the two guys that you're going to be seeing a lot on the leaderboards here as we roll into the golf season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Morikawa's swing is phenomenal. He's got a great composure about him. He doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Still can't believe he missed that butt at the end. Yeah. I can't um, But, you know, listen, that you know, to me, when I see guys like Morikawa, Shoffley, uh, Spieth, when I see these guys missing, what, two-foot putts, it, to me, it does many things. It makes them more human. It makes me understand why sometimes when I miss a two-foot putt, that I'm like, you know what? You can't beat yourself up. You got to move on. And number three, it also lets you know your buddies who go like, yeah, oh, I got it inside the flagstick. We're just going to pick that one up. Nope. The, 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 the tour guys do not roll them in every time from two foot, put it out. And that's the thing is it is a difficult game. And when it matters, that cup looks like it's about an inch bigger than the ball yeah. when you have to make a two footer. And that's what happens. Well, they're making the trip over to uh, Hilton Head. We're going to get to that field here in a second. But first, Jim, I want to come back here. I know we've got some people wanting more advice because they want to play more golf. Top five best practices when approaching your significant other, right? There's a, there's a way to go about this, and we're here to help you. Number five was win-win. Number four um, was that reverse psychology approach, right, which is risky, but, man, it can pay off beautifully one done right. correctly. Number three is. So number three, much like the other two, you get timing, style, all of that. Very important. This, this one is one where you can use, actually, you can use science. Okay. So I've looked this up. This is uh golf is a necessity, both mentally and physically for your health. And let me, I'm going to read you guys some stats here and, and, and froggy tune into this. You, no, you're you right. Because if you remember when we went into quarantine, our governor said that golf was an essential activity because of health. Okay. You ready for this? Listen to this. Okay. So this is a survey. This is scientific research. I pulled it up on the internet. So it's got to be true. So for folks in the last 12 months that have reported having anxiety. Okay. People. Okay. 18.3%. Okay. Golfers. 11.9. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm going to give See? you a couple more here. Okay. These are very important. You guys got to use these because you can't mess with science, right? The math doesn't lie. The next one, depression. I mean, anxiety and depression are two of the biggest things we talk about in our society. Yep. The, the stats on depression, regular folks go in last 12 months, 15.1%. Golfers, 8.7. Bam. Okay. So just take those. I've got more. I've got stress and, and panic attack were two other ones that also checked out well where stress was uh, 26% and only 22 for golfers and panic attacks was five and a half and only 3%. So, you know, most of these, it's, I mean, it, the, well, really all of them, there's a significant improvement in some, it's massive. And that's how, and that's how important golf is to our lives, right? Mental, mentally and physically. Okay. So you got to get with a significant other and make sure they understand you don't want us to be like the regular Joe, right? Cause not only do you want us to be regular, right? You want us to be your superstar guy, but look at the numbers, right? The stats don't lie. These are doctor's orders. That's right. See, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how a significant other could argue that really. I mean, I mean, actually, I do. I, I do know um, how they could come back to that. But um, wow, that's staggering. I mean, that's uh, this is science, right? This it is. 
just like when you're teaching golf, there's science and you can't argue it. And right. You can't argue with the ball fly laws. You can't argue with this. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think there really needs to be anything else said because that is a wonderful example. And that's number three in the top five. You're telling me there's two better than that. There's two. Well, I, I'm telling you, but going back to that one now, keep in mind, if you don't do it with the right timing that Froggy mentioned earlier, how critical it is in the style and making sure you manage it right you may find that all of those numbers for yourself under anxiety, depression, stress, and panic attack may go up as a result of how you manage right. that. Right. Because remember, the road to hell was paved with good intentions. Exactly. So, so you can you can have great information, but you're, if you're delivering your time, it sucks. Forget it. Yep. So would you, would you recommend, or maybe we need to ask the doctor, but would you recommend that you wait till you are stressed out to bring this up or – the first time and then use that as an example of I don't want to get to that point again so I want to manage that by, by you know playing golf before I get too stressed out yeah I think I think you can do that I think it's going to end up being sort of where you're at in that moment in your life right it's hard for us to sort of be able to plan everything out so perfectly yeah. so that there's going to be times when you are stressed out and you can say hey babe look this is the deal I've got to get out and I've got to go get a release with the guys and play some golf the doctors say Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Right. And then the other time is when things are fine, you say, honey, you're not going to believe this. The research shows yeah. that guys that are getting out there playing golf, like look that. at these, look at these numbers. Yeah. You got to seed it. You got to drop the seed. And don't even water. ask to play after that. Right. No, nope, no, nope, don't even ask go. to play. Just put it right out there. Cause the yeah. next time you ask, that'll be sitting there right there in her head. Right. Damn, this That's is brilliant. brilliant. That's beautiful. That's really really well said um and much appreciated i'm sure by everyone listening I, I, i'm curious now what is number two you're telling me there's something better than that number two um is you gotta create the golf trip and the buddy <gasps> trip. you just have to and there's there's a lot there's a lot of ways you can do this there's a lot of ways you can really screw this up but uh you've got to create the golf trip i mean you can make it um i mean think about it when you're grow up, when you're an adult, you can't, we can't go play football together anymore. Right. I mean, I guess you could play, but a little bit, but basketball, everything, everything else is sort of full contact action. It's hard to compete. Some guys can't play at all. Some guys can't golf. We can compete with all of our buds, regardless of the skill level. Right. We can go out, we can compete, we can gamble, we can consume whole meals of food. We can have adult beverages lifetime memories. I mean, you've got to find a way to do it. If you're not, you got to do it. It's just the best. And the, one of the things you can work in here is a couple. One is you can make it work related, right? I mean, work related, you get, you know, sometimes I've, I've had to make that kind of a thin work related situation, right? Where, right. you know, there's eight guys going and one guy I could potentially do business with in the next 50 years. And the other six are like, fraternity brothers that will never work together. So it, it could be real thin or it could be as simple as, you know, it is actual guys you like and you want to hang with that you do do some work with. But if you get, if it's work related, you got a much higher percentage chance to get a yes. Um, and then the second thing you can use the occasion, right? The occasion's a big deal because it's not, it's not me, right? It's like Trav, Trav put this thing together for his 40th. And it's going to be amazing. God, it's going to be so awesome. I mean, I'm not planning anything. I'm not doing anything, but I have to be there. Right. right. I, See, I think you should, you should work in number four with this one. So you use that, you know, I know, I know I'm probably not going to be able to go, but 
it's a really big deal to, to Travis if I could do this. And I, I know I know I'm probably not going to be able to, but I just wanted to let you if you, if you kind of work that into number two. Exactly. You can use number four all over the place here. Yeah, you can overlap these. Oh, Don't yeah. forget that. The occasion yeah. is a big deal. The 40th birthday or the the yeah. bachelor party or the wedding or the whatever. Yeah. And 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 you know, it's like what do you, what am I supposed to say? No. Right. See, women women are so much better at planning trips. I mean, they just they just get so far out in front and plan trips. And and I think women generally have more friends than men do, just at least from my observation in life. Maybe it's just maybe it's just me. I don't have many friends, but uh, <laughs> but they just like it's they they're just really good at planning events, right? Oh it's yeah, her, you know it's her um, bachelorette party. It's uh, it's her um, you know twenty eighth birthday. Um, my my wife just celebrated one of her friends' half birthday. I was like, wait a minute, what? I'm drawing the line on that. One. That's like, legit. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, so it's just they're just you know baby showers and um, pajama parties, and it's just like damn, like. You guys are creative. Yeah, they are just creative. yeah, they they just you know? plan stuff. And and but it's good. Like it's you know that's important to them. And you know it's that's and you want your wife to be happy, and that's what they need to do. But men are not good usually at planning those trips. They need to, you got to get out in front. You got to get out in front. Plan it now, even if it's just right down the road. Right. Yep. Got to plan it. If you can do that, then you don't get up to that point where you're like. Man, I'm not doing anything. Well, you're not you're not helping yourself out, right? And that's what we're trying to do here. And that's just wonderful advice. And I love the overlap. I mean, I, you know, you'll get good at this, right? And just maybe kind of chip off one at a time right now. And then and then you'll get really good and confident. And you'll start to weave these in and out and you'll just have it under control. You're probably playing golf, you know, every other day um, at that point. So good stuff, Jim. I'm gonna come back to number one here in a second, but I want to lob it ahead the tour. Moves up to Hilton Head Island, one of my favorite events, um, Harbortown Links. What a beautiful spot. RBC Heritage presented by Boeing. And, man, these two tournaments, they uh, they didn't benefit from the COVID-19 because they don't have fans there, right? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people making things happen to get the tour back. PJ Tours losing money i would anticipate at this point um just to be back out there because they can't get the fans out there right but what a field last week and what a field this week the travelers next week is going to be good this particular event usually follows the masters of course so they don't get the big names per se coming in there like they've got coming this week and you just look at the winners here i'm gonna i'm gonna read this list off of winners um, over the last stretch here. Last year was CT Pond. Um, 18 was uh, Sadashi uh, Kadara. 2017 was Wesley Bryan, who's actually making his return um, this week um, from his medical. He's playing. 2016, Brandon Grace. 15, Jim Ferrick. 14, Matt Kuchar. 13, Graham McDowell. 12, Carl Pedersen. Davis Love the Thirds won this event five times. Um, so, like last week, the Bombers usually aren't there, but here they come. I mean, they're they're all there again. Top five. Rory, first time he's played since uh, 2009. Last time Rory played here, he was 19 years old. John Rahm's there. JT is coming back. He played there back in 16, I think. Brooks, first time. DJ, he plays there. Of course, his affiliation um, with RBC. He's played well. I mean, he I think he had the lead going into Sunday last year. He did. He melted down, shot 77, and CT Pond won it. Fowler's there, first time since 12. So. I mean, this is, this is incredible. I, I'm just fascinated too. 
because here you got a Pete Dye design with Nicholas like last week. I mean, you're not overpowering this golf course, 7,100 yards, a second shot golf course, small greens. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you can't just bomb it over the, the trees and, and overpower it, but Hey, who knows? Maybe you can, because you don't see these guys showing up here and winning. Davis love wasn't exactly short. So I mean, how's this going to play out for you think? I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show. I think they are benefiting, and I hate to use the term benefiting, but I think the field itself uh, is going to be different. If you noticed when you went over those list of winners, no disrespect to the list of winners, but none of them were the big boys that we're normally used to seeing. And I think that that's a, it's a twofold. I think it is after the masters, like you said, maybe they don't get some of the big, big players because they're taking some time off after the masters, but you can't overpower this golf course. It's, it's a lot like TPC Sawgrass, another Pete Dye design. You're not going to go out there and bomb it past everybody. It's where's the second shot. So I, I do think you'll see some guys that maybe we, you know, like for example, Gary Woodland yesterday, if you notice, hit a lot of irons off tees. Gary Woodland can dial it back, hit irons off tees, and hit his second shot. So I think they're going to have to adjust their game. Yeah. You can't just get up there and just just take it to pound town all day long. You ever played this course, Jim? Yeah, actually, uh, I got my little RBC shirt on from when I was there. We had a little tournament up there, uh, guides trip, actually, uh, super fun time, and yeah. some of the. Some of the jokers couldn't make it because they didn't play their cards right. But uh, uh, I, I love the golf course. Um, it's fun as an amateur to go up there, uh, play where the big boys play. And I've, I've been to the tournament there, uh, let's see, four or five times now. And, you know, it's known throughout the folks uh, that, you know, on tour and the caddies and stuff. That's that's one of their top weeks of the year. Usually, yeah. obviously, like Frog said, it's after the Masters, but everybody drives over. And it, it's, a, it's usually filled with – players and their families or players do stuff with their buddies. Right. You know, they get houses together. It's laid back earlier in the week. You go to some of the restaurants on the Island there and you'll see a lot of them out, you know, having fun, having some adult beverages. It's um, it, it really is a, it's a cool environment. Um, I think this week will be interesting to see what happens when you get this field. I think we're lucky to see this field there, right? Cause who knows what the heck's going to happen. This is a, this is something that um, is, unusual you might say and it's going to be fun I'm, i will watch this more on tv yeah. than i normally would because the different feel we have now right yeah and you got some you got some people out there on the water too like you're going to have a few more people you're probably going to be able to hear um you know because you can get a little closer to the action there um you know with the boats versus uh, what we saw at colonial um where there's nothing going on around it other than tcu right up there across the street but um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just fascinating. You see these courses now with the big guys showing up and just seeing how this thing changes because we didn't, they, they usually don't show up last week at the colonial. They were there and, and here they are, you know, right there at the first page of the leaderboard. So distance just, it just weighs out 
at every track to your point, Froggy hit the driving iron out there. I heard Luke Liss, who um, won the um, here at TPC Sawgrass, uh, the web dot, or Corn Ferry Tour. Um, he's going to be playing this week and talking about his driving iron. And he said that, um, he goes, yeah, I'm just going to hit my driving iron. I love that place. And I can hit my driving iron like 275 yards. You know? Must be nice. <laughs> so, you know, it's like when you can bust out a driving iron and hit it that far, I mean. Right. You know, geez, I guess uh, you can play any golf course. So let me give you a few names here. I'm going to do the matchup show presented by DraftKings. I've been uh, I've been really throwing some names around here. Um, you know, you look at this golf course, strokes gain, right? When you break down for at least me, you have strokes gain off the tee. You have strokes gain approach. You have strokes gain around the green. And then you have strokes gain putting, right? And when you when you weigh out this course, Strokes and approach is huge on this course. Number Strokes one. Off the tee, the value of it actually goes down significantly in comparison to other events. Um, so strokes and approach is huge. Strokes gain putting is huge. Um, those are the two big ones here, and they're pretty close. Strokes gain around the green is actually kind of drops down a little bit in comparison to other events because, you know, the pitch shots around the green here are really usually not too difficult. Or colonial, they're more difficult. You know, the, the, the grainy, sandy, tough pitch shots around the green. Here you got small greens, um, not much rough. So it's it's really a second shot course, and you got to be able to putt these Bermuda greens. So um, real quick hitters here. Jordan Spieth versus Justin Thomas. Who do you got? I'll take JT. Yeah. JT. Spieth. Spieth can open up 65, 67. Everybody can be fired up, and then what, what was right? Before, what was right before him? Froggy cornbread, and what else? Cornbread, granola bars, and Doritos. Yeah. Okay. Bryson DeChambeau versus Dustin Johnson. Well, I'm going to go with Bryson. I think I'm going to go the other way because DJ knows that area up there, Coastal Carolina guy. If I remember right, I'm going to go DJ on that one. DJ's got his. DJ's got to get the fire, get the truck started here, man. He looks like he's laboring out, missed a cut last week, but you're right. He does know, he does know it well. I, I'd like to see him uh, get back to his ways. Here's a tough one. Victor Hovland versus Colin Maracala. Really interesting matchup here on this course. I'm going to take Hovland. I'm going to go the other way. I got Maracala. Okay. Maracala going to shake it off? The I do. Different? I think so. I do. I think uh, two uh, – he played too well to let a two foot putt ruin his ruin his mojo. I'm gonna give you a website. It's called Fantasy National Golf Club. Fantasy National, actually, it's fantasynational.com. Amazing site on statistics. Amazing. One of them that I love is they break down how they putt on different greens. Morikawa is horrific on Bermuda putting. Terrible. Great ball striker, but major weakness putting on on Bermuda. So we'll see if he can. Uh, We'll see if he can overcome that and well, perhaps have a better putting week like he did last week. All right, here's two sleepers for you. I love these two guys on this golf course, right? Getting value, DraftKings. First one's Terrell Hatton. Uh, I think Terrell Hatton's a sleeper coming into this. Um, and I got him going up against another sleeper who I like here is that Joaquin Neiman. Mm, I think I'd go Hatton. I agree, Hatton. Yeah, Terrell Hatton's good. Yeah, he is. He's a good player. This dude's good. Like he's 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 the most underrated player in the world. I think um, his his statistics are great. He won a course earlier in the year at Arm Palmer, and um, haven't seen him since. 
So it'll be fun to, to see how he goes. All right, let's finish up the show. Number one, best practice, Jim. When approaching significant others, or others, significant other on playing more golf. Number one, best practice is? The guy that she likes. And this is a big one because unlike the other ones where it's, you may not have the frequency, right? A golf trip, you can't do that all the time. Uh, and some of the others, the guy that she likes is your get out of jail free, right? Uh, Travis actually plays that card for me. Um, you know, anytime he calls, you get, I get the clearance. Doesn't really have even matter how much notice. So you don't need advance <laughs> notice on that thing, right? right? Location is not really an issue in case you need to be gone longer than the normal round takes. Um, and so you have that guy. And then the, the other thing that comes into play is hanging afterwards is not a problem because she likes the guy. There's not going to be any issues and right. whatever. So that hanging out after is, is, a is a big component to some of the rounds I've played in. So getting that clearance and not having the stress and when you're going to have to race back and maybe letting them down. Cause you over promise undeliver from your style and setting the expectations, uh, big deal. Got to have the guy she likes. And a major side note here, always stay away from the guy she doesn't like, right? You don't want to ever have that guy or if there's a couple of them out there, don't bring those guys up because you are nope. not playing golf. Nope. Really good, really, really good point. And if I could add one, actually, there's one Please. I'd like to add that I've just pulled off. So we are going on a road trip because of all the COVID stuff going on. We are going on a road trip. And our road trip is we're going to Hilton Head. And we're going to Charleston. And so there is things for her to do while we go play. I'm going to play Harbor Town the week after the uh, event. And then in Charleston, we have friends there. There's golf there as well. So if you plan a, a little little trip with the family and there's things for her to do, you can go play golf. That's the win-win right there. That's number five. That's it perfect. Is. There you go. That's the win-win. That's well played. But That's I think back, you're back to number one, Jim. The, we have to understand your wife, your significant other, their Right now, there's one or two of your friends. The perception in her head is not the same as it is in yours, right? It's not the same. You think he's a great guy, da-da-da. She views him as something else, right? Right. In the way, and it doesn't matter what you say, it's a negative and it gets in the way of you playing golf. So if that person's going to be there, that person has to be way in the distance, but you have to understand who that person is on the negative list, in addition right. to who she likes, so you can play those cards beautifully. And it is a wonderful set. Of, it's a wonderful hand to know what those cards are because uh, I like that one a lot, Jim. I, I think that one appropriately is number one. And I think we help people play. I think, you know, I feel like we've grown the game today. Not only have we broken down, exactly. but I feel like we've grown the game. Um, you know, green fees are going up merchandise sales are going up because of the top five best practices when approaching your significant other on playing. Right. Well done. Froggy, Jim, thank you for being here. Well done. Appreciate Thanks. it. All right, guys. Thank you. This is uh, another episode of the Stripe Show podcast. We'll be back later this week. Rumor has it Luke Liss uh, is going to be on the show. The winner, nice. TPC Sawgrass. Yeah, that TPC Sawgrass won the Corn Ferry Tour event. He actually has full status on the PGA Tour. He's in the field this week, RPC Heritage. Um, but just because you have full status doesn't mean you get in every event. 
Um, but his status continues to grow. Uh, speaking of bombing it, Luke List hits it out of the stratosphere. I mean, he is one of the longest, if not the longest. I want to see Luke List play with. I want to see Luke List play with Bryson. I want to see those two guys <laughs> tee it up. Better be a big ballpark. Yeah, those two might be the longest on the PGA Tour right now. Thanks wow. for being here. Stripe Show Podcast. See you later this week.